Hello and welcome back to another episode of Expand with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Let's talk about food. I love food, but I used to hate food. <laughs> and with so many starseeds and old souls, I know that food has been a battle. It's been an unnecessary battle. But I want to talk about this for so many reasons. And ultimately, I believe, based on my own journey, channeling, exploration, and work with clients, that we all deserve food freedom. Absolutely. So let me just start by kind of discussing where I've been at in the past with food. I've struggled a lot. Now, not to the extent where I was ever bulimic or anorexic or had any sort of eating disorder. Thank goodness. And my heart goes out to all of you who have experienced that or have someone in the family who has. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. So in the past, you know, even in childhood, I remember telling my parents, I think at the age of like 13, 14 years old, that I didn't have to eat. That's what I told them. I said, I just want to let you know that I'm going to start this thing where I don't eat and I believe that I can get all of my nutrients from the air that I breathe and the sun by gazing into it. Now, of course, I didn't know that there was such a thing back then as breatharian, which is basically people who exist off of their breath and sun gazing. And I also didn't realize at that age that I had a whole past lifetime where I experienced being a breatharian and I was a monk and it was really incredible. And so intrinsically deep down, I knew that I was able to do this. Of course, my parents were concerned, and here's their teenage daughter, right, at this ripe age of creating an identity, not wanting to eat. So that lasted actually no time at all. <laughs> that didn't last at all. That was like a passing thought that got shut down pretty quickly, which was fine. I think I was just tuning in and expressing myself at that time. Now I realize where it was coming from. And on top of that, I always had a resistance to food, which is funny because when I was a baby, right, compared to my brother, my brother was like this little ginger haired, you know, stick figure as a, as a baby. And I would literally eat all of his food. And uh, my parents always laugh saying that, you know, I was the rolliest, poliest baby that they had ever seen. Like I had rolls on my arms and legs as a kid because I would just eat everything in sight, which is really hilarious. And so then like as a kid, even up until adulthood, okay, I'm 29 now. And uh, I would always like hoard my food as a kid. So I would take extra food. They would find, you know, dishes and plates and cookies and whatever kind of stored away. My dad tells me that I put food in a vent or something, which is funny because I think my mom had the same issue. And that came from a lifetime where she was starving and she had to hoard her food. So she did that as a kid, but she didn't teach me how to do that. That was something that I kind of just did as well. Actually, you know what? Now thinking about it, I remember having a whole candy cupboard of candy just stored away. And then when my friends came over, I would kind of dole out candy. It's so funny. But as far as like eating food on my plate, 
I don't know if I took too much or if I just didn't want to eat that much, but I always had maybe half the portion of anyone else. Now, granted, I am a smaller human. Okay. So I'm like five, one and a half and maybe like a hundred pounds. Right. But yeah, I would always eat less than my plate and I would always leave food on my plate. And I was notorious for saying, Oh, put it in a container. I'll eat it later. And of course I never ate it later up until the point where it's so funny in this, you know, past couple of months when my family has come to visit me on this property in Canada. They are amazed every time. Like, and it, I just totally forget. Like, just the other day, my mom and my stepdad were like, wow, look at you go. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you ate all of the food on your plate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. And they are shocked, like genuinely shocked that I did that. And so they said, what is it? Like, are you taking smaller portions? And I said to them, I said, no, I've turned my resentment or resistance towards food around. I no longer have a resistance. You know, I've changed the energy of it, especially since I started cooking and having a partner that I cook for. So in the past couple of years since being with Nat, I have completely transitioned my resentment to food. So I want to just talk about starseeds and resentment towards food. From what I've channeled, like I said, many other clients and my myself and my own experiences, as a starseed, we are a soul that comes from other planets, other dimensions, definitely other bodies. And basically, we're not used to eating. Like I know for myself as a gray being, I'm used to putting this dark green paste on my skin and allowing my skin to absorb the nutrients that it needs. I remember like, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, having such a resentment to having to eat all the time throughout the day. Now, naturally, I have an intermittent fasting diet. It's usually 1 or 2 p.m. before I eat any food at all. And that's just how I work. That just feels like what's right for my body. Now, of course, I probably snack way too much at night, right? And eating unhealthy foods. Um, and my body will definitely punish me for that. But that's just kind of, I listen to my body. So I had such a resistance to, in my mind, I thought it was so inefficient to not only have to eat multiple times a day, but then to excrete the waste of the food. Like our bodies can't even process all the food and liquid that we take in as a gray mind, especially when I was way too gray in this body. I just, I had such a resentment to the whole process. And I think that it was just, that was me as a gray, but I know that a lot of other star seeds have issues. I know a ton of star seeds who are bulimic, anorexic, have weird eating disorders. And of course, it doesn't uh, help that society tells us that we need to be skinny in order to look good. The body shaming that we have in society is awful. And I know that right now the pendulum of what is healthy and what a normal body looks like is swinging over to the other end of things, which is 
especially in the Western world, but Europe is kind of getting into this as well. Fast food restaurants, processed foods, overeating, right? We're, we're all so shameful of our bodies. We all feel like we're just shitty people because we don't look like the models in the magazines where we're swinging society to this other side, which is obesity is the number one killer. And it's going to be a huge issue later on. And then I believe that we're going to swing the pendulum back to the side of let's all just be healthy and have no construct of what a normal, regular, or beautiful body should look like. Everyone is beautiful, no matter the skin color, no matter the age, no matter the, the thickness, okay? We, we need to get into that. But we're, we're really stretching it out to both ends of the scale before we kind of come to a place of whatever feels right and is healthy to you, right, is right for you. I think that's really important. So that's body image though. Body image aside, a lot of starseeds struggle with food. So whether you abuse food in, in the side of not taking it, okay, not eating as much as you should, or you abuse food in the, in the side of eating way too much of it because there is shame and guilt and what have you. I also know a couple of starseeds who are so interdimensional and galactic and are so not used to food that they overeat food because it's so delicious and good and they're not used to the sensation. It's kind of like a drug, right? Food is and has been referenced very similar to being a drug for, for quite some time. But it's so yummy and so flavorful and so stimulating that I know also some star seeds who uh, overuse uh, food in that way as well. And then I know some star seeds and old souls who try and fucking control what they eat so much. And that, I mean, it's all bad. Like no matter what end of the scale that you sit on, it's all detrimental. Like it all kind of sucks. Like we don't want to be slaves to food on any end of the spectrum. It's sad. But these days with diet culture and like veganism, keto, I mean, I don't know what all the other ones are, G grains or gluten-free or, and I get that some of these are like medical issues, but there's so many different ways to work with food these days that the control around food is to a peak point. Like it's getting wild out there. So I was a vegetarian, vegan, plant-based. I don't even know what to call it because it was an intuitive diet, but without the meat. And I know that my body really flourished with that diet, but I also know that I was very ungrounded. I was very not in my body. I was very like not human. I wasn't really enjoying a lot. I was just working and channeling and downloading and being a messenger more than a human with that diet. So I've kind of explored that. And I also realized too, as bad as it sounds, but my body does really thrive and flourish with fish. And I know we have a huge fishing industry issue, huge issue with even cows and methane. I mean, just meat production in general is an issue, but then we could look at things like palm oil and palm trees. You know, we can look at just other aspects of not meat industries deforesting, you know, that are all issues as well. So I just want to mention that we're not going to bring up any of the environmental issues associated with food, but I do want to recognize that that we have, I mean, this world is pretty fucked up. I, I really want to recognize that. 
But for the sake of this podcast episode, we're really just talking about food freedom. So I want to say that, you know, even getting to California and being in a new relationship and partnership, I still love cooking. I still loved cooking as a, as a vegetarian vegan. And my partner, Nat, has a huge allergy to soy, any soy products, which means anything that's basically like a fake meat is really, really, really soy based. And she would have major issues every time. But that's not the reason why I started eating meat again. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I started having dreams like so bizarre, but dreams of like a really beautiful, juicy steak or eating a burger. It was actually like a lot of red meat. I don't know if I was like iron deficient, but I was taking all the, the appropriate B12s and the different, you know, multivitamins and what have you. But I was, I started dreaming of meat and then we were in Greece in, I think it was late 2019, actually. Wow. And that's when I started eating meat again, I guess. I guess it was probably around, it was between 2015 to 2019 when I stopped eating meat altogether. And then I started having these dreams of like eating meat. And I was like, this is bizarre, but I still didn't want to eat it. And then we were in Greece and I'm like, if we're in Greece, then, you know, got to have a euro, right? And so, or a gyro or whatever you call it. And so I did, and it was freaking so delicious. And, uh, and that's kind of what kicked it back. But, but I promised myself two things. One, going back to eating meat is to really just thank every animal that I consume, every fish that I consume. And I've, I was already doing that with the vegetables that I was consuming. I was thanking the tomatoes. I was thanking the spinach. I was thanking the, even the nuts that I was eating cashews or almonds. And that was really important to me to do that. And then moving forward, it was, you know, obviously thanking the meat. And it was really cool because I'm such a visual, clairvoyant person, I was able to say, eat a hamburger or eat a chicken nugget, right? And go back and actually observe, unfortunately, the lifetime of that chicken or the lifetime of that cow. And basically to the point where they passed away. And so I would go back in time and thank them while they were around to say, Thank you for your service. Thank you for choosing to incarnate into that incarnation to give me the nutrients that my body needs at this time. And I truly believe that when we do that, when we recognize, same thing with, with um, fruits and vegetables and things like that, we can actually absorb way more nutrients in the food when we recognize their service in taking an exit point, in choosing to incarnate into that solitary thing and that momentary life to serve us. You know, it's like their life is not in vain when we do that. If we're going to do it, recognize it. Don't, don't feel shameful for it. Like I felt so shameful for going back to eating meat, mostly because of, you know, vegans and, uh, and society and, and that kind of pressure that the, even the spiritual communities put on us for feeling shameful about eating those kind of things. And so now I, I, I talk openly about it. And I think it's important because we can't hide away and feel shameful because we're actually bringing shame to our food and then we're eating that shame. Like that's, that's the worst thing that we could really do when eating food. So we have to be very cognizant and aware of our vibration at the time when we're eating. 
So now a couple of things. For me, preparing the food, working with the food, speaking telepathically to the food, thanking the food, even presenting the food in a very artistic and creative way, it makes me feel so much joy. And it's funny because like, you know, my wife doesn't really, I cook for her, but she doesn't really appreciate food the way that I do these days anyway. So it's really just for me. I'm not showing off. I'm not posting it to Instagram. You know, I'm just cooking and eating and presenting for my own pleasure because of the way that it's presented, the colors that are in it, the smells, the garlic, the onions. I mean, everything is just, it goes into the experience of sharing time with food. And so food freedom is all about eating what your body tells you it needs. And in order to eat what your body tells you it needs, what do we got to do? We have to listen to our body. There's no other way around it. So when you start dreaming of carrots or a hamburger or, you know, whatever it may be, listen to your body. Listen to those dreams. Understand that you don't need to have a diet. You don't need to choose that you're going to be one way or the other. Maybe for a week or a month, you're full vegan and that feels right to you. You know, I love being able to, to order vegan food from amazing vegan restaurants all over Los Angeles. I love making all vegetarian food uh, for a night, you know, and having this beautiful salad. I love switching it up. I love not being confined or limited to just one way of eating. I had this farm delivery service giving me boxes of, of food, uh, vegetables, raw vegetables and things. And one time he delivered this box and, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, oh yeah, like, I don't know if you eat meat or anything, but, you know, I also have like a grass fed, like kind of more holistic, proper way of accessing meat and whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I have an intuitive diet. And he's like, what? He's like, what's an intuitive diet? I'm like, oh, I just eat what I feel like I, my body needs me to eat, you know? And he's like, oh, I've never heard that before. And I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess this isn't really a thing. But recently in some, you know, Instagram posts and things like that, I've been seeing more and more talk of this. I think other people are also calling it an intuitive diet. That's not something I picked up on. That's just something that I call it, right? Which is eating what your body needs you to eat. Like, <laughs> one week I bought, I don't even like honey. Okay. But I felt this urge to buy honeycomb, believe it or not, not just honey, but honeycomb. And whatever was in the wax of the honeycomb, I was like consuming, not just the honey, but the wax as well. It was just bizarre. I consumed a pound of honeycomb. Okay. In a week. I took a spoon, I had the honeycomb at my desk, and I was just spooning honeycomb into my mouth during the day. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then once I touched it for that week, I didn't touch it again, ever, really. Same thing with like one week, I was just eating peanut butter, same thing, don't like peanut butter, never have I ever liked peanut butter, just scooping peanut butter into my mouth, and then also obsessed with drinking grape juice at the same time. And someone was laughing saying, oh, you're, you're just kind of consuming a peanut butter and jam sandwich, right? So yeah, super interesting. Really just listen to where your body is at. Like, man, last night I made this, the most amazing garlic bok choy. 
All right. And I've never made bok choy in my life. I actually didn't even think that the grocery store that's in my small ass town here in Canada would even sell bok choy. But I had this obsession with buying bok choy and my wife loved it last night. She's like, this is amazing, babe. And for whatever reason, I was able to steam it and, you know, fry it in the right way because it was just soft and just crunchy enough. Like it was so freaking delicious. I'm for sure going to buy it again. I'm for sure going to make it again. I might make it tonight, you know, just so obsessed. And you just have to listen, have food freedom. Okay. But for those of you who are struggling to eat, Be present with your food, smell your food, cook your food, prepare your food, ask your body what food it needs. Maybe you're feeling the societal pressures and it's all too much and so you shy away from it completely. Stop doing that. Stop punishing your body for the resistance that you have because I know where you're at. And for those of you who are overeating, You're overeating because you're not giving your body the right kinds of food and you're falling back into old programming of opening that bag of chips or eating that chocolate bar. (laughs) The rule of thumb, you know, when I go grocery shopping is if you don't buy it, you don't eat it, right? So just kind of moderating what you buy and having a whole grocery order where you buy no snacks, no chips. And if you do, maybe it's a healthy rice cracker or something, something that's more beneficial. Okay. Or maybe I love as a snack, apples and oranges. Oh my goodness. They're so naturally sweet and they give you this natural pep that it's a, it makes a great snack or carrots and hummus. Man, love it. It's my go-to. So just be cognizant of what's in your shopping cart. How many greens do you have in your shopping cart? How much fresh food do you have in your shopping cart? Or how much frozen processed food do you have in your grocery cart? So just kind of being aware of that and asking your body before you go grocery shopping, what do you need this week? That's what I always ask my body. And the other thing too that I want to mention is I always try and buy something that I've never tried before. Almost every time I go grocery shopping, I always try. Maybe if I'm like, oh, you know, like I've tried all the fruits now, all the weird ones, right? What about going to the culture section of the grocery store and trying a package of seaweed crisps that you don't even know if they're seaweed crisps because it's all in, you know, Asian writing, right? Like go for it. Try something new. Once you try it once, then you never have to go back to it if you don't like it. But that's how you discover new foods. That's how you expose yourself to new experiences. That's how you switch up your autopilot programming. So try something new and really ask yourself what you need. And hopefully this podcast resonated with you. Hopefully this episode is something that you needed to hear and go ahead and share this episode with others. Give this podcast a five-star rating, give it a review. And as always, beautiful starseeds, thank you for being here. Keep up the good work. You are exactly where you need to be. And until next time, I will see all of you in the fifth dimension frequency.